0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, one of the largest pro-life groups in the world. And we are here for our time of prayer and scripture reflections, so thank you. For taking the time, spread the word to others so we can continue to grow our online community, which grows every day. And uh, likewise, if you want to leave your prayer requests in the comments, uh, we can all know how we can pray for you more specifically. We at Priests for Life, we have a beautiful team of active uh, leaders, and uh, we pray for you each day. So we just want you to know that and always willing to lift you up to the Lord. Let's turn to him in prayer now, and then we're going to read from Matthew chapter 6. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we come before you with joy today, the joy of life, the joy of defending life, the joy of walking as disciples of Christ and living the new life he gives us. We pray, Lord God, for all those in need, for all those who are joining us here We pray with repentance for our sins, forgive us what we have done, what we have failed to do, and enable us ever more each day to grow in virtue and to give that example of virtue to others. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, this gospel passage of Matthew uh, echoes a uh, teaching that we find in many different scriptures. We're going to give you a few examples. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said to his disciples, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and decay destroy and thieves break in and steal. But store up treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor decay destroys, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is sound, your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be in darkness. And if the light in you is darkness, how great will the darkness be? Friends, the context of this, I want to take by going to another scripture right away and um, in Colossians, starting with uh, the first verse of chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on earth, not, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. This is, and you hear me say this often, and this is a basic principle for understanding the Scriptures, so much of what Jesus commands us to to do or not to do, to think or not to think, to desire or not to desire, it's based on something He has done to shape our identity. In other words, it's not just, well, store up for yourself treasures in heaven rather than just on earth. He's saying that because you and I are living in heaven even now. Yes, we live on earth, of course. And it's not just that we will die one day and will go to heaven. Because of baptism and the reality of that baptism and our faith inserting us into the death and resurrection of Christ. And because He has already taken our human nature there and filled us with His presence, His Spirit, and also the Father and the Son coming to dwell within us, because He has made us adopted children of God, living that supernatural life, partaking of the divine nature, as Peter tells us, even now, having life in us even now through the bread of life, he who believes has eternal life now. We have have already died and risen and been seated in the heavenly places with Christ. Our life in heaven has already begun. Now, if we're living there, we've got to work. You know, we we live here on earth. We don't just sit back every day and depend on other people to give us things. We, we, We have to work. We have to be productive in some way. The Gospels teach us that too. The Lord gives us the talents. He expects us to make more, have dominion over the earth. It's part of being in the image and likeness of God. We, we, are, we are productive. We are fruitful. Work is an expression of human dignity and a way of serving others. So, so it is with our life in heaven. We're not just sitting back on heavenly lounge chairs We've got to be working, if we're living on a supernatural plane, we've also got to be working and producing on the supernatural plane. It's part of our identity. Again, Paul says, where Christ is, you have been raised with him. You have been raised, you have been seated in the heavenly places. Remember, his ascension brought to the right hand of the Father on the throne, your human nature. So now, it's not just a matter that, hey, thieves can steal your possessions here on Earth. Uh, we see, of course, with the bank crises here in America, financial instability, the weakening of the dollar. There are attacks, attacks on our country are coming in the form of attacks on the dollar and other countries uh, going away from the dollar. Yeah, this affects our financial well-being. And you see banks collapsing, that could be a scary thing. You see more and more people saying, you know, you should, you know, back up your, your, your savings with gold. Yeah, this life is unstable. Thieves can break in and steal in more ways than one. You can get your identity stolen online, cyber crimes and so forth. Store up treasure in heaven. Let that be your, 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 your emphasis. Dude, Jesus is not saying that to slack off about the things of earth or, or don't. And he's not saying that. It's not an either or. It's a matter of emphasis. It's a matter of priority. It's a matter of understanding the difference. The things in life, well, they're passing. And it's not wealth on earth that's going to save us. In fact, Jesus says wealth on earth makes it harder, not impossible, but harder to be saved. Because notice what the principle here is. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. You know, for the longest time, I, I was looking at that verse and, and, and had it reversed, you know, thinking that, well, where your treasure is, there, your heart is there, because if you put your heart and soul into something, you know, you can get rich in any any arena of, of life. Well, that's true too. You know, you set your heart on something, you work hard and you can achieve things. But this is not the lesson he's, he's giving us here. He's saying where your treasure is, Your heart follows the treasure. Where your treasure is there will your heart be. If you have a lot of things, be careful because human nature is you're going to be attached to those things. You're going to get a false sense of security from those things. You're going to think that those are the things that keep you safe each day. They're not. Only in God be at rest my soul. So we have to be building up heavenly treasure. Let's look at a few other passages and consider what this heavenly treasure is. The parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12. you remember that? The land of a rich man, Jesus says, produced plentifully. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have nowhere to store my crops. I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul. You have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Rich toward God. In other words, by our generosity here on earth. You know, this reminds us also of the, the parable where Jesus says, be wise in the way you use this world's goods. Make friends for yourself. Use your goods to create goodwill. Use your goods to do charity, because the love you do towards others with the goods that you have, that's being counted in heaven. Now, again, it's not some kind of mechanical thing or a ledger book. It's about the growth of love within you. Now, Jesus says, I want my vineyard to be fruitful. I am the vine, you are the branches. My father prunes the branches so that they may bear more fruit. Jesus says, I have called you to be my disciples and to go and bear fruit that will endure, not that will get stolen or decay with moth, but that will endure. In other words, the fruit of love endures. Love survives the grave. If we foster love in this world that God doesn't forget one little bit of it, we, we forget a lot of things that we did, good things that we did in the past that helped other people. God doesn't forget any of it. And it becomes like building blocks of eternity, building blocks of the new and heavenly Jerusalem, a bank account, if you will, not to get too, uh, 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 again, mechanistic about it or, or physical. But there's a reality to this in the sense of the capacity to love, the growth in holiness. There's a real fruit here, growing deeper into the divine life, building up treasure in heaven. Does not John in his gospel say in chapter 5 when he talks about, or Jesus talks about the resurrection, An hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of man. In other words, we have spiritual life now. We rise from the dead now. We hear the word of God. We repent of sins, and we live the life of God, and we produce good fruit in love in truth. We bring truth into the world. That endures. We save lives. Those of us in the pro-life effort, you save life, that endures. You've enabled someone not only to live, but also to to love God and love others and, and, and prepare a heavenly destiny. And then Jesus continues, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice. So first he's talking about rising from the dead here in this life living the supernatural life. And then he talks about after our physical death, we will rise from the tombs. And listen to what he says. They will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Doesn't that remind you of what the angel said in Revelation 14? Listen to this. I heard a voice from heaven saying write this Blessed this is uh, Revelation 14:13 Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on Blessed indeed says the spirit that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them This is God's word we're not saying we're saved by anything other than faith we're not saved by works but when we have faith and we're on the path of salvation and we're living the life of Christ, we do good works. The scripture makes that very clear, right? Faith without works is dead. Faith with works is alive, and that's how we're building up this treasure in heaven. And remember, the treasure is about relationship, it's about love, it's about life, it's about deepening that life of God. If we can bring reconciliation between people, if we can help the mind of another human being, and those of you who are parents, this of course starts with your children, If we can help another human being in his or her mind come to adhere to the truth, see the truth of God's Word, that lasts forever. The Word of the Lord is eternal. We're gonna be rejoicing in the Word and reflecting on the Word forever in heaven. You increase a person's understanding of that Word here on earth, you're, you're building up eternal treasure. You enable a person to forgive their enemies. You know that's something that lasts forever? The turning of the soul in that powerful act of love is something they're going to carry with them forever, beyond the grave. You help a person trust God more, we're going to be trusting God for all eternity. You help a person grow in love, help a person sacrifice for somebody else, this is building up treasure in heaven. It's real and it's eternal. So let's pray. Father, enable us. We share your divine nature. Lord, we can't even put words to that. Our awe, our gratitude that we are actually living right now. A divine life, seated with Christ in the heavens. But Lord, we've got to be fruitful. As branches on the vine, may we bear fruit in love, truth, peace, justice, life, self-giving that will endure forever. May we seek the things that are above. May we indeed use the possessions of this world, Lord, with gratitude, but always recognize that they are not the source of our happiness. They are not the foundation of our security. You are. We thank you for that. And we ask that everything we do each day will be done joyfully, generously, and with an eye on that heavenly treasure that neither moth nor rust can corrode, nor thieves break in and steal. With that conviction, we pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Thank you, friends. Uh, And uh, we are just about at the one year anniversary of the reversal of Roe v. Wade. The Dobbs decision came out June 24th of last year. Happy anniversary. And go to supremecourtvictory.com for this prayer, which I'd like to say with you and for Lots of educational material about that case. We need to study it if we're going to build on that victory, and we've done a lot of work for you to understand it. Spread it around, SupremeCourtVictory.com, and let's say this prayer also together. Lord God and Father of life, you love all that you have created and protect all who are in danger. You entrust us to the care of each other and establish earthly authority to protect the rights that you yourself bestow. Lord, for five decades, your people in America have prayed, marched, educated, lobbied, and voted, seeking to end the destruction brought about by abortion and the Roe v. Wade decision. Now, before our eyes, you have answered those prayers with the decision of the Supreme Court to reverse Roe and allow the people to protect the unborn once again. We praise you for your faithfulness and for the strength of our American Constitution that allows us to correct these mistakes. We thank you for the work of all in the pro-life movement over all these years to bring about this victory. We thank you for the lawmakers in Mississippi and elsewhere who passed laws to protect the unborn despite the obstacles the courts put in their way. We thank you for the voters who have elected pro-life candidates at the state and federal level in the hope that Roe would eventually fall. We thank you for President Donald J. Trump and for the justices he placed on the Supreme Court, all of whom voted to reverse Roe. We thank you for all the justices who courageously voted the right way in this case, despite pressure, protest, and threats. We thank you that they have decided to restore to the people and their elected representatives the right to limit and prohibit abortion. Continue to give your grace and protection to them and to their families. Lord, as a result of this case, give the unborn and our whole nation a new and refreshing season of life. Bring us a new breath of freedom, a new measure of common sense, a rediscovery of justice and wisdom, and a big step forward in building a culture of life. Your Son, Jesus Christ, came to grant freedom to the oppressed. Grant freedom, then, to the children in the womb. And in these days, set our nation on a course of rejecting the violence of abortion and treating children in the womb with equal justice under law. Thank you, Lord, for the victory of life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you, friends, for helping with the victory of life. And may I ask you to help us obtain victories for life by supporting our work, because we rely only on people like you. Individual donations support our ministry. And the summertime is always tough. I want to really make you a direct, personal uh, appeal today. If you've never given to us, uh, please consider doing that. And if you do, thank you. And give as much more as you can, a little extra summer gift, ProLifeGift.org makes it easy, ProLifeGift.org. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I find inspiration from Priests for Life. May I invite you to connect with this ministry on the many social media and video sharing platforms that they utilize? To see a full list of them, go to ProLifeSocialMedia.com. Let's connect with like-minded pro-life people on platforms like Getter, True Social, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and many others. Thank you and God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.